our B team battles on the beach. It's an interlude with lewd interns this week on the hapless heroes. If you're going to be famous, it's got to be catchy. You know what I mean? Hello and welcome to the Hapless Heroes Podcast. My name is Dave and I will be your host and Dungeon Master for this week's Offbeat Evening where we uh, kind of shift, uh, shift it up a notch uh, several hundred feet further up in the air back to the back of the airship where we are with uh, some remaining interns as uh, they do some other stuff. As um, We're without Mike this evening and uh, well what do we do best but improvise. Uh, so improvise away we go, and uh, we'll start by introducing our cast of interns for this week. Starting from my right, we have Francesco as Tabi Osserman. Well, hi there, friends. It's been a while. To his right, we have John as Basha. Basha Ironback at your service. And to his right, we have Phil as the dearly awaited return of Hedrick the Entertainer. That felt good. Time for a uh, new mission yet? Were you taking naps? <laughs> he just needed a rest. He uh, played for a bit, got wasted, and then passed out. So and now you're going to be supervising oh. a, pair, a pair of interns because you're the only hero left to do that while Zero manages the airship. I could always do it with a couple more uh, roadies. All right. So, uh, yes, uh, we find ourselves back aboard the airship a little ways away from uh, the previous adventure and going on down in uh, the uh, bowels, perhaps. We're not sure exactly where it is, um, but uh, the secret school found in Legradex. That seems to that seems to have floors that are just sort of suspended in space time somewhere. Um, yeah. And I remember Felix had given zero the sort of instruction that you know those weird undead soul-filled construct things that we've been seeing all over the lighthouse were also on the shore right attacking our friends i said like if, if, thing, if our friends look like they start losing send in the interns that was the only instruction i gave hoping that he would know how to follow that through And that instruction was given to zero, you said, correct? That is correct. I mean, Hedrick does have uh, at least whatever intel he gathered while he was down on the uh, south wind with the Admiral. Um, so as far as him, you know, returning to the ship, he got some grub and probably in the kitchen was like, hey, you got to see these ghost ships out there. These things are fucking nasty. All right. They are going to hell down there. You know, at least telling everybody. Um, so for what he knows, that little bit about being a school or about types of magics, like um, I think he said scrying. There was scrying magic going on mm -hmm. from, the, yep. from the beacon. Yep. So at least he has a little bit of intel to share. Fantastic. Zero adjusts his uh, admiral's cap sitting atop his head. It was the biggest admiral's hat they have. It still looks just a little bit dinky on his large frame. And it dwarfs in comparison to Quinn's unnaturally sized uh, captain's hat. <laughs> yes. But Zero and his, uh, and his trusty mug of uh, what appears to be somewhat steaming motor oil as per his usual morning custom. Uh, walks slowly but purposefully up to the deck to uh, look over the gunnel and uh, see the, uh, the unfolding carnage below. Hmm. Holy I really, shit. 
I can't really make heads or tails of it, but it doesn't look like things are going particularly well down there, does it? Who's on, who's, who's actually on the bridge with Zero? Zero, yeah, who's there? Not that Zero is saying it to any of you, because Zero doesn't really need to say it to anyone. He'll just exposition out loud like that. Right. Uh, I, mean, um, I think I think I had mentioned last time when we had left Tabi off that he would probably stay, if there's anyone he's going to stay close to, it's Zero, since he's the most familiar to him from, you know, literally episode one of this podcast. Sure. Uh, well, I certainly think uh, at this point, Hedrick's uh, walking out from his cabin quarters and uh, noticing your intent looks like, you know, down over the scene. So he'll sidle up uh, next to Zero and say, uh, any sign of our boars yet? No, it doesn't, doesn't look particularly... Um... Hmm. Yeah, I definitely don't see them. Condition of the south wind. Oh, the uh, south wind, um, that's a good question. Yeah, the south wind seems to be holding its own rather well. Uh, its role came up pretty good. Um, it's surrounded on all sides by a number of ghost ships. But uh, it's doing some pretty slick maneuvering, and its cannons are just cycling super fast. Like, their crew is really working overtime to just start hucking as much metal out of this thing as possible. And they're not lacking for targets. They are sinking ships port to starboard, and they just keep on coming. Out of curiosity, uh, do the, like, the ships that they, it, it is sinking... They sunk. Yeah, uh, yeah. Once they go down, they go down. But there are a lot of them. Now the whole island is surrounded. Uh, yes, the island is pretty well surrounded. It looks like they've got at least the next couple of channels through the islands pretty well blockaded off in a decent sized perimeter going around the whole area, like um. Nobody's ships are coming with about 10 kilometers of this thing without getting absolutely raised. Does the, I guess, the um, Sea Lord's Navy, does it have any ground forces, or are they mainly just holding the perimeter? There seem to be a few scattered pockets uh, holding defensible positions. Um, and it looks like um, the sort of places they're holding are the, are the sort, you know, nice narrow gaps, uh, you know, defensible uh, high ground where the sheer numbers of uh, these invading forces are sort of nullified by their choice of terrain. That said, they're not gaining any ground either. And from here, can I get a make on what the undead look like? Are they all pretty much those soul-forged egg-shaped things, or are there... They are almost entirely uniform. Okay. Like, they they picked on a, on, a, on a design that worked, and they stuck to it pretty well. Okay. Um, Whoever done it is either uh, very arrogant or has had a ton of time to prepare. He's, he's going to kind of look down the line at Tabby and say, uh, Hey, feller, uh, I know I ain't uh, maybe properly introduced myself, I'm, but, uh, oh, no, I did. I did. That's right. You're Tabby. I'm Hedrick. That's right. Have you ever seen uh, anything like these things? I know you kind of did some wild traveling. That's not. That was a pretty challenging time so far in my life. Just like hop from plane to plane, looking for my my, my buddy thirty one squared. So he got separated. Uh, he starts to like tear up a little bit. I'm oh. sorry, I, I didn't mean to bring it up. I just. Uh, I mean, I've seen all manner of things, but uh, never, never these 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 ghost ships or whatever you're talking about. I mean, I, I I'm looking at them, and I don't know. It's just another another spooky thing that we gotta we gotta deal with because I'm 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 trying to I'm trying to survive. I don't know about you. 
Well, hells yeah, but I mean, we got some people down there, and I don't know. Seems to me like if there's anything we can do. Well, I know y'all here for a reason, and maybe that gets you one step closer to uh, finding your friend and maybe, you know, becoming a hero yourself. Listen, I've, I started these adventures in the company of, of these heroes. So I trust their judgment and I trust their, their direction. So if we got to go help, he like grabs the hilt of his rapier. I'm ready. Fantastic. Can the two of you please find a third adult and get a little bit of an away team together? I want to go with you to see that things are done, but and Zero kind of looks over his shoulder as Jed Dim is just hulking his shoulders and like visibly sweating as he is pacing back and forth along the gunnel, breathing incredibly he- incredibly heavily. Ooh. Ooh. I Jed. can't I can't leave this one alone lest he decide to ram the enemy. So I'm going to entrust the two of you to um how best to say this. I'm going to give you the keys. And I mean, I'm not talking about like, you know, um, like uh, principles to go by, but literally a piece of metal you're going to stick into something to make it run. And it's going to be for this little truck we have downstairs. And I want you to take it on a little um, delivery mission. And you're going to go deliver some, uh, some iron to those things down there in hopes that you can um, maybe um, turn that target-rich environment into something maybe a little more landable, just in case we need to do so. All right. We'll make what would a decision, you, Zero. What would you call that thing? Just so I'm clear, we can use the same, you know, technological uh, terminology. I'm not, you know, very intuitive in those parts. Are we going with murder wagon, mayhem mobile, mayhem wagon, murder mayhem mobile? <laughs> Maybe it's a mayhem or mayhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Mayhapless like, murder wagon. I like the mayhem mobile the most. <laughs> if, if, like, I'm just voting as Fran. <laughs> now, does this thing look like the A-team van? Are we doing the B-team van? Or does it like the, the one from Aliens? I think we're about to get there. It's, I, think we, I think we're settling on the name, <laughs> and I think that the look is going to come right afterwards. Yes. So, um, whereas the, uh, the A-team van would be black with the red stripe, um, the uh, B-team van is painted a nice, almost iridescently bright white with a nice teal stripe, looking almost exactly the image negative of that van. And the bullet holes are for speed. And ventilation. <laughs> we haven't even launched this thing yet. How are there bullet holes in it? They're intentionally put there for speed and ventilation. Like, I don't, I, I the don't know um, <laughs> if you remember what's happened the last few times you visited Zero's lab. Okay, that's a good point. There, and there wasn't there an issue with uh, some 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 rogue or some striking mimics at one point too. Yeah. Yeah, like that's the kind of tenor that you can expect from that sort of encounter. Yes, of course there are bullet holes in it before it got out of prototyping. Fantastic. There's that's only one gun in the world, and there's still bullet holes in this thing. <laughs> As a quick aside, I want to briefly hold here for a second. I had an idea. I need to share it with you, Dave, now before I forget it. All right. My, I have this idea that Zero gets so fed up with Jed because he tries to do something that would drastically endanger, like, the airship and everyone on it, that Zero kills him. And I was just waiting that. for Jed to die via heart attack. Right. Yeah, like I, I kind of know where it's gonna happen. Okay, 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 okay. I was just, I was, I was just checking. I was just curious. Okay, I just wanted to throw that idea into the void and see where it goes. Yeah, speaking speaking of the word throw, we're gonna go back to an old word of the day from, uh, from the old Mad Mage campaign. It's gonna be great. 
three, two, one. All right. Well, let's, um, Hedrick, I, I think it's probably prudent we go find someone uh, or we discuss amongst ourselves who we think we should bring bring with us. Like, I'm ready to go. Looks like you're ready to go. Uh, let's let's think about who we got aboard right here who might be available, who might actually be, I don't know, useful in a, in a combat situation. Well, let's see now. Uh, you know, you're pretty sneaky. And, uh, hell, I, I know you know your way around a blade. I, myself, uh, is as charming as can be. So, what do we need, you know, create a little balance amongst our posse? Muscle. Uh, maybe maybe some muscle. muscle, yeah. Yeah, we need some muscle. Hey, Zero. Uh, I know you ain't coming, but maybe uh, give us a suggestion. Who are the big people left on board? Well, actually, hold on. I was, I was about to say, I was actually, I had a, I had a thing, if you don't mind. Let me try this. Um, Toby's going to, like, you know, it's like, I feel like, you know, like, we're kind of talking as we're, like, kind of exploring the airship a little bit. And what I feel like, I guess what I imagine seeing is Tabby, because like obviously I think we understand how things go with the interns a lot, is that we see Stenton herding fucking cats with the, with the rest of the interns, like Murph and fucking Dedu and uh, who else is still on here? You know, Pregnart. Right. Like, There's a lot of people. Yeah, we're looking around and like, you know, it's almost like there's like fires happening. There's things and Stenton is the responsible adult that's trying to put a stop to all of it. And the only other person who's just kind of standing there amongst the chaos is just Basha. Yeah, I would say that Basha is the one that's like actually just working on his own. Like he just knows what he's supposed to be doing and is currently like carrying some of the the giant projectiles that we were using and moving them around the deck. And he's actually probably making his way back down uh, to the cargo hold right now. So he would be passing your general area on the way down to get more ammunition. Right, like a yeah. sh- sharpening like ballista heads and stuff like that. Like, right. Okay. And carrying him like Schwarzenegger back and forth. Yes. So <laughs> you run into him um, just outside of the uh, Scaba closet. <laughs> I forgot uh, about that. <laughs> hey there. Uh, you look like a able-bodied, aspiring individual. How'd you like to uh, go on a little special ops with uh, one of the finest heroes left on board? <laughs> that <laughs> sounds... Zero well, Zero's a hero. Well, okay, true. True. Uh, also, quick hold, John. Would you can you turn your mic input down, like on your on your interface, ever so slightly, because you're peeking. Say something now. Yep. Too much. It's a hair. How about now? That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Can you go another hair? I mean, if I just do this when I talk, is that better? That's much better. Yes, yeah. that's much better. It's not peeking now. All right. Three, two, one. I would not mind joining at all. Uh, Tabby, it's good to see you again. Are we all going together? Yep, friend, this is uh, this is going to be dangerous, so we kind of need your muscle. We need you to protect us, and apparently we got some keys. I'm going to hold them up. Uh, and, and it's funny, because even if they were given to Hedrick, like, Tabby has them now. Um, Basha <laughs> drops the gigantic telephone pole spear that he's carrying. Uh, immediately whips out his nunchucks, does like some impressive moves, and then um, the the van is nearby, right? I mean, everything's kind of nearby if you think about it in this the area. Battle, well, because we're we're in the hold, the cargo hold the yes. area. Uh, yeah, you are only only maybe a hundred yards from uh, where the vehicle would be. So the battle he... wagon, aka the mayhem mobile. Right. Yes. Um, whatever it is, it does need an E on the end of it. Uh, Zero is intentionally making sure it's on there because he knows it's going to drive Hoblet insane. Right. Uh, Basha s- slings the van door open. Well, uh, oh, wait, wait. Have we already gotten there? Because we've, we, we've, if that's the case, we've already skipped past describing this thing, and I do not want to do that. No. Sure. Yeah, I want it to be like the slow motion canvas pulled over to reveal like his finished product. Exactly. Ching. So I, <laughs> let's cut it in from. All right. Well, let's let's make our way down to the to the to the to the vehicle and let's uh, let's see what we're working with. Okay. Yeah. So um, as the three of you enter the uh, the 
main vehicle hold at the rear, you do see what uh, appears to be a very large mass in the center. Um, you can see sort of the what look to be some sort of wheels or tires at the bottom that are strapped to rails along the floor, but otherwise it is covered by a very large drab green cam canvas tarp. Uh, well, looks like this is the, uh, the great unfailing, fellers. Uh, shall we, uh... It's gonna strum an off-key chord on his lute, and his mage hand will appear out of the, uh, hole through his lute. And it's gonna circle above the top and just grab the top of that canvas and whoosh it off to the side over some crates. And the canvas is whooshed off, and what is revealed there is a very large enclosed wagon, which would look like, yeah, almost kind of like a large, you know, old 70s Chevy van, but larger <laughs> and made of wood and a lot more blocky and angular. It does seem to be reinforced with metal in a lot of places on closer inspection. But the entire thing is painted in some sort of brilliant ceramite white. That as, as you start looking at it closer, you can even see like little reflective flecks in, in the paint surface. So it's almost blindingly iridescent out in, out in the light. Blindingly and iridescent? Coming up both of the sides are uh, bright teal stripes. Hedrick uh, is going to make his way towards the rear, slowly drawing his fingers across one of those teal stripes because it just looks and feels so amazing. The wagon is uncharacteristically clean for something owned by the heroes of Tal'Duria, and your finger makes that sound like you would be dragging it across like a really, you know, like well-detailed car or a glass or something. Is there a sliding side door? So on the right side of the vehicle, there isn't so much a sliding side door as almost what would be a turret of sorts um, without the crew-served weapon, but a seat with what would appear to be something you could uh, mount some sort of ranged weapon on and sit out to the side in sort of an open area on the side of this to fire. It um, can also be retracted in and be a hard wall. Yeah, so, Basha hops into that, for just, sure. Just like uh, the turtle wagon. Yes. If, if you ever had the wagon, right. there was that yeah. sidecar that kind of shot out the side. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, my, my creative process is undoubtedly um, corrupted by things I see. Like, it was almost certainly inspired by the turtle wagon. I don't oh, yeah. have a wagon, but it's, oh, yeah. it's exactly like the sort of thing. No, you want you want that child nostalgia. <laughs> you want. Oh that. yeah, <laughs> and it's just ridiculously impractical. There's also um, the entire back of the cart flips down as just a rear exit hatch. Other than that, those are really the only two entrances. The rest of it's pretty well sealed up. There's a couple seats in the front where it would be driven from. It's not entirely clear how it runs, but it does run. There are some um, pretty detailed instructions on uh, cards with lots of illustrations near the mechanisms for operating that side turret, the rear hatch uh, exit, you know, the rear bay, and the driver's seat. Okay, so I guess the next question, fellas, who's driving this thing? Oh, I've never, I have never story, touched yeah. A device like this before in my entire life. <laughs> Pedro, uh, please tell me. Please tell me you got something, man. Yeah. Uh, well, you know. Uh, <clears throat> um. Uh. Lots of my strengths are are in. Uh, I would say uh, pulling one over on people. Uh. I, I basically can make you believe I'm good without actually, you know, having to be good. All right? Well, Hedrick, I'm going to tell you something right now. I appreciate your honesty, because that's a good thing to establish now before one of us tries to attempt to drive this thing. So it sounds like it's going to be me. All right. And I'm going to sit in the driver's seat and just like take a deep breath, like a... 
could I take um, sort of a, a cursory investigation check to try to read these um, directions? Because at least I want to share what I can with Basha in that side seat to figure out what he's going to do there. Yeah, sure. and I was going to, and I was going to say, I was going to examine the instrument panel. So I guess, we're, yeah, we're on the same wavelength here. Like, let's, we need to figure out how this works before we drop the fucking anywhere. All right. I, I mean, if you want to, can I help you? Can I all at least of, just be there? The, all of the stations near there have what appear to be like small posters, you know, like cards, sort of like almost a laminated A4 page, <laughs> that, you know, in bright orange and white that have um, detailed instructions, both in easy to read common and in pictures. I have a question. Uh, would Basha's base insight on how weapons work be enough to figure out how to fire this thing? Well, there's nothing mounted on it, right? It's unfinished. Like, there's no weapon there. The seat is there. But the what the mounted weapon has not been installed. Yes. Oh, I see. I, mean, I, I thought it was on there already. Check about about it to sort of figure out what's going on, though. The nineteen. With a nineteen, um, it's kind of obvious this was probably made for reason, but you could attach any other weapon to it by just sitting it in there. Is there any repeating weapon nearby? Like a crossbow or anything like that? Um, you could check the bay and uh, try to find out. I'm not very good at investigating, but I'll look around. Are there any uh, windows to the rear or the sides, or is the vision mainly going to be up front? In this, it's up front, a little to the sides, out of the front. Um, but otherwise, if you're not looking out of the uh, out of the side turret, you're not really going to be able to see much. It's made more for you know, under the acknowledgement that it's getting shot at pretty heavily. If I'm looking for a crossbow, could I use perception over in investigation? Uh, you could make either of those and just look around. Yeah. Okay, so I got a 16 for perception. Uh, yeah, there's actually a like a uh, weaponsmithing station that also has a reasonable supply of weapons. I would say any base weapon you could ask for out of the player's handbook, you could get out of here. Yeah, it wouldn't be magical, right? But you can like put a heavy crossbow on there. Yeah. For example, I think the heavy crossbow is pretty much the only good option you have as far as like if you want to put out a hurtin but regardless you have to load it right either one has to be loaded yes yeah, not, not everyone's walking around here with an amazing repeating crossbow like reason all right i will take the heavy crossbow um can i grab just like a as many bolts as i can find yeah they come in belts of 30. Um, like two belts. <laughs> so, because Tabby's flaw is that he can't leave a room without searching for secret doors, I need to search this vehicle for any secret compartments. Okay, uh, sure. Make your investigation for it. <laughs> a six. You found the glove box. Congratulations. Okay, I'm satisfied. I just I feel better knowing that, like I know what I'm working with here. It took ten minutes. That's okay. These guys are getting settled, anyways. I'm just I'm just I'm just looking around, familiarizing myself with my surrounding environment. Could I have used uh, Could I have used the ten minutes to perform an inspiring leader? Um, Hedrick is just astounded by this marvel in front of him. And he really, you know, it's like meeting uh, meeting the one, you know, the person you've meant to be with, meeting that car, meeting that vehicle that just speaks to you. Um, this is probably one of his proudest moments as uh, one of the heroes. And again, isn't really gonna wanna take responsibility for operating this machine. <laughs> like he would rather be driven around. 
<laughs> so he feels like um, he would at least like to offer some inspiration to uh, the rest of Basha while he's kind of affixing this crossbow and uh, Tabi while he's inspecting and, and kind of glossing over everything and reading the manuals. Uh, so you're going to get mm, 18 temporary hit points. I like that. That is never a bad thing. Uh, I'm sure I could, I could <laughs> sing something new. Uh, all right. One, two, three, four. Taking flight. We'll go, go, go. Airship's tied. It makes us float and we'll bring the fight because we know how to land. We're going down. Going down. Ooh, yeah. We're going down. Mayhem. Mobiles coming down. Yeah. All right, so uh, that is sufficiently um, inspirational, and everyone receives that inspiration by the aforementioned uh, hit pointage. So everybody's more or less ready to go. You've found the things you're looking for. Uh, you've looked around. Tabi, I guess you've been trying to take a look at the instruction manuals, you said? Mm-hmm, for how to right. drive this thing. All right, so... After you find the glove box, uh, you do find, uh, you know, find your way back into the manuals and uh, give them a good read over. Okay. I'm assuming step one is insert keys into ignition. That's actually step four. These are very thorough instructions. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So when by the time you make it to step 27 and have actually turned the key and gotten things going... <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure if you forgot who manufactured this thing. It's like, adjust the seat, adjust the mirrors, adjust the steering wheel. Like, <laughs> yep, there there have been like seven different acronyms you've gone through with, uh, with different uh, names of things, you know. You may have even, yeah, no, you even like checked face arm speech time to make sure you weren't having a stroke before you started. I mean, I, Tabby is fairly intelligent, so I feel like he'd at least be able to retain and, like, you know, make sense of everything that Zero's laid out here. Oh, yeah. A good half of these steps are almost entirely unnecessary, you know, on the prime material plane. Okay. Several of them uh, were actually uh, things that you uh, you think would be good best practices in some of the places you escaped through, though. It seems, uh, it seems the Omega Project really is that thorough. Mm. Well, that's good to know. Feel much safer. All right. Well, I'm going to start this thing up, and I want to. I'm curious what it sounds like. Oh, he's thinking. I like when he's thinking. I was also rolling. Unfortunately, it's not terribly impressive. It sort of sounds like uh, one of those like little one horsepower, you know, boat motors. Oh, perfect! That's even better. Actually. It even kind of smells like it's burning a little bit of oil. All right. Do we fill uh, up the cargo hold with exhaust? <laughs> no, it manages to keep most of the exhaust on the outside. Out of curiosity, uh, I think we should probably open whatever launch doors we need to come through before we, you know. Okay, good. Because you mentioned launch, there is a separate launch procedure pamphlet that goes through the 15 steps of uh, opening the doors, priming the catapult, and getting your re-entry system ready. I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to I'm I'm stop you right there, and then we're going to back up a little bit. You said priming the catapult. <laughs> so, yeah, you know how I mentioned those rails that the uh, tires that the tires were secured to? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, do you remember um, Mass Effect 1? I mean, yes. So, oh. kind of... Yeah, it's that kind of party. 
This okay. truck manages to have some slightly ballistic properties uh, on its way back in as well. So yes, priming the catapult. I'm glad that had the intended effect. He's really just checking the acoustics in the back of this van, and he's leaned up against the wall, and he's just licking some riffs up and down, um, trying to inspire Tabby. So at I'd like to... At step 13, you're going to have to ask uh, ask Hedrick to move off of one of the uh, parachute uh, deployment containers. <laughs> All right, then. Well, I'm listen, sorry, didn't, didn't mean to get in your way there, kid. Yeah, I'm going I'm, I'm to read these instructions aloud to both of them so that everyone is aware of every step, and I'm going to make sure that I, I narrate and announce it multiple times until each step is completed thoroughly. At steps 2, 5, and 16, it also mentioned that mentions that the minimum altitude to eject from is 750 feet. We're above. You are above that, but you cannot eject uh, that. Uh, you can't deploy with that system below 750 feet. Good to know. Okay. Well, I'm going to suggest we all work together to go through the launch procedures and then buckle up. Is there anywhere to even buckle to? There are numerous places that you can attach various standards of safety harness uh, to the ship. I like how he says there's various standards of safety harnesses. I would like to go with the most safe being in the driver's seat in the front of it, which undoubtedly will be tipped down as we launch down. As you don't have any metal parts, you have to settle for the second most safe, but it is good enough. It's okay. Even zero isn't quite ferrous enough for the most safe one either, so. Fair enough. That's okay. As long as I know, you know, the gauge here, right? So we should we uh, retract Basha's gunner seat into the most yes. vehicle? <laughs> yes. Interestingly <laughs> enough, that is mentioned as optional yet recommended for organics. Meaning everyone but zero. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I love that. So, yeah, uh, well, let's winch this thing in or however it gets into the vehicle and let's uh, prepare for launch. Ooh, that kind of sounds exciting to say. I'm going to say it again. Prepare for launch. Ooh, this sounds so great. Prepare for launch. Prepare for launch. Here comes hotness. Get bounce. Come on. He's just ad-libbing over here. Let's Prepare look at this. Let's, yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. Let's get psyched up for this. This is our chance to be heroes. We're hot. Formerly Hokar. We're hot. <laughs> you guys haven't heard this one yet. You're going to love it. Formerly Hokar. Full disclosure, we've probably heard this at least five times on the ship. Yeah, but I, I don't oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like... I don't know if Hedrick does regular performances for the entire crew. I just you know? I, no, I, no, but still, I just think it's fun. It's it's fun because it's like I think you just you're just always going to act like it's your first performance. Yeah, <laughs> it's a new one coming out. As soon as I got time to go to a studio, I'm gonna lay it down. <laughs> so Hedrick is going through this in the background as you reach the end of the steps, and um, the final uh, the final thing. You pull a small lever off to the side of uh, what would be the steering column for this, and an, a, a probably oh eight inch wide by six inch tall area, right where the stereo would be if this were a car, flips down, and in the center of it, about four feet around, or uh, not four feet, I'm sorry, four inches around, is a giant, comically stereotypical red button. So Tabby's gonna like. Look back at his at, at, at his companions. Make sure they're buckled in. And he's gonna like hover his finger over the button for a second. And Ain't nothing but like, a button, Tabby. Just like count down to himself. Okay, Tabby, you got this. You've been through crazier shit than this. We're gonna get through this one too. All right, three, two, and then he just pushes the button. 
Um, I would like everyone to make a constitution saving throw. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. 15 total. Okay, Hedrick is a 15. Basha, what do you got? Uh, Saving throw, 18. All right, and Tabi? Four. Yes, so uh, Tabi is instantly rendered unconscious by uh, gravitational, uh, gravitationally induced loss of consciousness. Hedrick would like to sling his loot and grab the control levers or uh, wheel helm. While buckled in? Uh, I'm sitting, I, I thought I was sitting next to you. Oh, you are? Okay, okay, okay. That's I was in the ba- as we got ready, I, I sat shotgun. I am your navigator. Oh, thank sure. goodness. Okay, yeah. okay, that's great. I did have my loot in my lap, but he slung that over now and he's trying to reach over and grab. Yeah, as my head just like tilted back, like eyes rolled back, right? Just like you know, like, yeah, like you know, the videos absolutely. you see of people who are in like those like G force like uh, training machines, right? Yeah, like yes. face is like is like pushed back. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an almost instantaneous acceleration. We are shot out of the back of this thing, and the the, the massive acceleration just yeah plasters everybody into the backs of their seats. And Tabby is unconscious for. And I roll a d d six. I got five seconds. It's just a okay. you know a quick temporary blackout. Okay. Okay. Oh. By the time you come to you know you're still a little hazy, but uh, Hedrick has reached over and has his left hand on the steering column and. He's, got things steadied as you are now launched out into the wild empty nothingness with about geez I want to say about 12 to 1500 feet of empty space between you and what possibly be a uh, quality LZ that you are about to clear um, at, uh, at the harbor there did I uh, in any of the instructions I read uh, learn how this thing slows itself down and touches down Yes, so you had to have you had to move Hedrick off of a parachute deployment system, and you were given pretty specific instructions for a uh, count that had to be done before you deployed uh, the chute. All right, so then Toby's going to come to and immediately start panicking. How long have I been out? How many seconds has it been? Five seconds. Okay, four, six. Okay, uh, and, and I'm going to start like trying to like hopefully kind of starting that count back up again from wherever you know. He, like Hedrick told me five seconds and hope that I'm within the right like window to, 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 to push whatever button or pull whatever lever to deploy the chute. What height is he supposed to deploy the chute at? And it's 750. We jumped at 1500 to 1200. Right. So we, from, we our, de- from our DZ. So from probably our- almost immediately. Yeah. So we deploy the chute at 750? Uh, no, you deployed the chute after a. Uh, it was it. It was sort of complicated, but it it turned out to essentially be a ten count. Okay. Could so, yeah. could I say that Hedrick is proficient enough that he landed on the one as the vehicle left the back of the airship, because he's playing a rhythm and he's not going to lose time. And <laughs> if, if there's any way that we can make that timing count. <laughs> I, I, I want to give you an opportunity for excellence in the in the form of a performance check. Oh, yes, please. That's a brilliant way. That's a brilliant way to know if we're in time. Ugh. Okay, um, plus 15, 7, 22. Yeah, with a 22, Ooh. not only did you land on it, but you managed to actually keep it going throughout Although you kind of had to uh, just uh, kind of uh, do a little bit of right-handed slap stuff while you were holding the wheel for those five seconds. Still sounded good, though. A 22 is going to give you a lot of room with that. Hell, you're probably singing the count out loud. One-handed slides. Like, (laughs) while I'm holding the wheel. (laughs) Amazing. So, yeah, then I, I will trust Hedrick's count and pull exactly on 10. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so two and a half measures in, uh, because, you know, Hedrick is, you know, creates sane non-prog music. Uh, Listen, you there do- are many different time signatures, everybody, okay? It's just the ones that you're going to be most concerned with are 4-4, four, 4-4, four, 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 and 4-4. Four, four. If you're going to be famous, it's got to be catchy, you know what I mean? 
Um, can I just say that Basho would like to open... First of all, he wants to put on these cool goggles that he found over um, his eyes. It, it, looks, it looks extra cool because he has these tusks that almost come up to the goggle lenses. Wait, do you uh, have a specific goggle in mind, or...? No, just ones he found laying around. <laughs> okay, good. I will make sure that, uh, uh, yeah, just make sure to put on Basha's sheet that he has some suitably scientific goggles that uh, look as cool as you need them to look. And at about really? 150 feet, he would pull a lever and the you know, seat would swing out um, so he could actually open fire up, upon making their way to land. This kid's ballsy. Yes, and rule of cool will make absolutely certain he survives this maneuver because I'm not going to punish. <laughs> no, you're just not going to make it. You're just not going to make it easy. I have to make it easy, but I mean, I mean, this is this is gorgeous scene served up on a platter. I love this part. So yes, you are even with the shoot pulled at just the right moment and a massive amount of speed being crapped off of this thing and you actually being able to get that door open all of these things are going on it's still a very narrow window it turns out 1500 feet falling is real damn quick at 9.8 squared right so in a matter of literally seconds the cart is barreling through the courtyard on the way to the base of this uh lighthouse smashing through and absolutely obliterating scores of these uh, these Humpty Dumpty ghost things as you blast through and grind to a halt in the middle of this uh, in the middle of this courtyard area. It is a very wide paved street. I want to say it's gonna be about a hundred feet wide and it is something like almost a quarter mile between uh, where you hit the boats in the harbor. Uh, which is mostly a bunch of sinking hulls at this point of uh, various uh, various factions. Things things got really hairy there, and now it's just burning ships for the whole coastline. Nobody's landing a damn thing right now. Well, except for you guys. Um, other than that, it was pretty well occupied. Uh, once you get to that hundred feet uh, wide, you know, about fifty feet out on either side, there's uh, there's um, a few kind of steps up of uh, various stones, you know like a brick path on either side of that and a little bit of foliage. You know, it looks very nice, although a lot of it's kind of been fucked up by uh, by the fighting going on here. Uh, is there, and is there any immediate threat near us, like near where we landed, or is it relatively clear? Um, something like, um, well, everything behind you for about 25 feet wide is devastated. Like, the, the pavement's been somewhat fucked there's just absolutely exploded robots and scraps of brass and wispy smoke bullshit all behind you. To like the to side, least, there's I like not to think a at least one, I, say, I like to think at least one of them has a crossbow bolt in it from when he flung out, like shot a shot. You know what I mean? And like the rest of them, we like ran over, but like <laughs> he at least got one. You know what I mean? There are a few to the front. Now, as you get out to the sides, there wasn't a whole lot going on like in the sides. There's a little bit, but a lot of that even was cleared by some of these frames getting blasted outward in its wake as well. There's, um, there's a substantial amount in front of you, but even that's about 20 to 25 feet out, and many of them were flung around and are just getting back on their feet and getting their bearings together. Everything around you after this uh, thing ground to a halt is dead quiet. It's, it, I mean, it's, you guys kicked open the door to the saloon and the jukebox stopped. All right. Well, now, can I, so I can't continue forward at all? You said there's some steps, so I can't like drive. Um, you forward. could continue to drive it forward, but, um, you know, like it's going to be somewhat slow going by the mass of um, parts. I don't want to uh, drop the name on these things before you guys have kind of sussed it out. So it's just sort of parts that are ground up in the wheels here. And a few of the, like a small pile of them right in front of the van. It might take you a little bit of doing, but you could probably get going again. It's going to be some slow driving as this is hostile territory pretty immediately. 
Well, my, my first thought is to, to look and see where we can be the most benefit. The idea here is that we're trying to help sway or like change the, the course of this losing battle that's happening down here. Okay. Excellent. I want to, you know, I, I want to kind of time chunk things out a little bit, but I don't really feel like going into initiative for this just yet. So I just in, in my first little chunk here. So Tavi, um, first thing you probably are doing is looking around that set, right? All right, let's make that in the form of a perception check. Nice, 25. With a 25, you've got, uh, yeah, you've got a very good view of the battlefield here. It helps being about, geez, your butt's probably about a good six or seven feet off the ground. So you got a little bit of elevation here, and that's, that's helping out a little bit too. Um, what you notice is it is... Jeez, at least a thousand feet to the entrance of the tower there. So there's about a quarter mile total, which I think it's 5,280 feet. So over a thousand, you guys just started in. Yeah, a thousand feet sounds good. More I know, like napkin mathing in my head. Um, right. About 200 feet off to the left, there looks like there's sort of an elevated um, pavilion, gazebo kind of area where there's a small force of, um, they're definitely humans. Um, they're defending themselves with some kind of magic, but it doesn't really look like anything you guys have seen before. Did you say gazebo? I said gazebo, yes. Duly noted. <laughs> there's no Pregnars, so there's no Bouchonks part two. <laughs> Could Hedrick assess like whether or not they are going to be in trouble or whether or not they're holding it down pretty good they're pretty much the closest human force that we yep. see that's the first thing you've seen so far there are a few other enclaves uh kind of going around that are fighting um there's one really not far from the door to um and when i say door it's sort of a vast open archway that is 20 feet wide by about 60 feet high with a nice rounded arch at the top like, there must have been some really glorious double doors uh, there that were blasted off. Maybe it was just open to the air. It's kind of tough to tell, but from there you can kind of see into that giant cavernous open room that was described several episodes earlier in Hapless Heroes episode, blah, 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 blah. Um, Hedrick wouldn't have seen that room. Does it look like the humans are getting in or coming out? Um, the humans are sort of camped out near the door um, in maybe it was a guard area or something like that, an outbuilding. It's kind of tough because the windows have all been smashed out and it looks like some of the roof is gone too. Out of curiosity, uh, can is there a path for me to drive the vehicle towards where they are stationed, even just to give use it to give them cover? Uh, which group are you going for? The ones near the door or the ones off to your left? Which side looks like it's uh, struggling the most? That would be difficult to tell. It's going to be a coin flip. I mean, they're both under pretty sustained well, pressure. Near, I, I feel like the ones near the door, like this path starts to narrow out, you said, right? If we start heading towards This path the door. goes pretty straight towards the door. Like, it's 100 feet wide the whole way don't like making decisions like this. The people this fighting at the base of the tower, like, we're here to protect the tower. Right. That would make the most sense. But it's Tommy. Yeah. Yeah. Tommy, talk, what, talk to whatever, me. uh, wherever these things are, are here for, um, I'm pretty sure they're looking for something that's in that tower. Right, but uh, our, friend, our, our friends are in the tower. Should we just help out down here then? Maybe they'll They'll, well, they'll, they'll make it here. I think at least it would be better to get some information from the group at the tower and then decide where we can branch out across the island or whether or not we hold tight and go in. You know, you're the hero here. I'll follow your judgment. Is there anything within 400 feet to shoot? Mm-hmm. Within 400 feet, well, yes. Especially if you can see out front. Since, uh, since um, well, all right, so we went through what Tobby's doing. Uh, Hedrick, what have you been doing for these last, oh, six-ish seconds or so? Well, he's still playing. Um, Tobby's got 10 minutes 
for uh, a bardic inspiration. So I don't know, a couple of minutes have passed since we uh, crashed and landed, but sussed out that we can actually operate this thing. Um, he was looking for an audience. So the closest right. the closest audience to him is you know 200 feet to the left, but he recognizes that it's important to have the right audience. So he might want to move towards the tower, and he's concerned about his friends. You know, usually he's the guy trying to help everybody and let them do their thing, but making it easier for them. Um, so at this point, he's really looking for the command. Who is who is the ground force command that he can talk to? And if he goes 200 feet to the left, he can at least talk to somebody. And if we can help them get back in, that's safer than being out here. Okay, so as far as physical action, I'm going to put you down as rocking out. Thank you. <laughs> All right, and some speaking of someone looking to rock out, we've got Basha in the sidecar there uh, looking to uh, play his own particular brand of uh, music out of the side of this thing. Oh yeah, no, he's he's shooting any enemies within distance. Yeah, this um I've already characterized this earlier as something we would refer to as a target rich environment, and it has not failed to live up to that promise. There is something like within your range, no less than 50 different targets you could be firing at. Yep. Shooting and in that direction. All right. By that direction, it's almost the entire 180 arc. It's um, there's a lot more up front because you haven't run them over yet. And don't um, forget, don't forget, the max range is 400 feet, but anything beyond 100, you're shooting at disadvantage. That's what the two numbers mean. Okay. So anything Even under with, 100. within 100 feet, you've still got a choice of targets. Let's say probably about five of these uh, things to the front and maybe another two that would be off to the right. You can't really see too much of what's going on on the left because of the design of this vehicle. Yeah. Alright, so uh, that's sort of gone on and in these couple of seconds that you guys have sort of figured out what you're doing before you start up again in any particular direction, the uh, the automata, or whatever they would be in front of you, uh, have sort of shaken off the uh, dust and cobwebs of uh, your particular brand of uh, hapless slash heroic entrance and have uh, sort of gotten their shit together and are uh, glaring and bearing down on the front of the vehicle. Question. Answer. Does this uh, Mayhem Mobile have cruise control? Good question. You could find out, but you would have to look in the larger manual, and that's going to take you a couple of seconds to find. I will do that, because I have an idea. Okay. So uh, as uh, the enemies start shambling forward, you're flipping through, and uh, Tabi, I hope you've got your uh, research and pants on, because I'd like you to make me either a... Uh, straight intelligence, a history, or, uh, geez, what else do you think uh, you could uh, justify for uh, use, trying to look something up in the manual? I'll use history. I mean, I guess an investigation is also something. Yeah, investigation sounds like a good one. Whatever one you feel like those. I mean, my best, my, my best is history, but that's recalling something. This is, I'm reading new material, so I'm scanning a yeah, book. Where do you find history in? A book? Yeah, that's right. But have I already read it? Okay, whatever. I'm not going to argue against myself. I'm going. Uh, don't yeah. forget inspirations a d10 if you want to use yeah. it. Yeah, I'm not going to add it to this one because this is pretty good. We have a 22. Yeah, with a 22 on that check, uh, it only takes you about four seconds to find it under cruise control, and um, there are a couple of conflicting entries. One of them, uh, the one that's actually in print, mentions that zero does not approve of cruise control and uh, would appreciate if drivers are active at all times. But there is an excised uh, paragraph in the back that describes uh, uh, a way of jamming a screwdriver into the ignition column and wrenching it really hard and getting things to lock in one place. 
It's right. uh, it's got a couple of strikethroughs through it and uh, says unapproved uh, right across the top of it. So I guess my question is, would Tabby be able to do that and literally just cruise it at like an almost like an idle speed? I, your boy wants to ghost ride the whip. Well, if the boy wants to ghost ride the whip, yes, we can do it. It's going to cause damage to the steering column. You're going to have to explain some things to Zero when you get back. But for right now, if you feel like that's the tactical move, that is a move available to you. Yes. I love this idea. Let's make it happen. So uh, what we've got is a little bit of a scene here. As Tabi wrenches some things around and does a little bit of, uh, you know, a uh, um, little bit of uh, Vesh Kingdom um, mechanic uh, work on it. You know, definitely a little bit of jury-rigged farm, uh, farm equipment work, and uh, things are sort of moving along. You've dislodged from a pile of busted automata parts. Things are rolling forward. And um, I guess, uh, what direction are you trying to cruise this in? Heading towards the tower to the group that's camped outside. Based on Hedrick's Hedrick's, uh, intuition there. Based on Hedrick's intuition, and definitely armed with his musical accompaniment, this uh, mayhem uh, machine-y thing... uh, that you guys are uh, driving in. Was it Mayhem Machine? Mayhem yeah, machine. It, yeah. It's well, the Actually, I kind of like the Mayhem Machine better because it's like the Mystery Machine, but it's the Mayhem Machine because it is a van-ish. <laughs> okay. uh, yes. And it, AKA the Battle Wagon. These are, these are synonyms here. Right. Yes. Um, so uh, this Battle Wagon gets uh, moving along here uh, with Tabi climbing onto the roof of this thing, it sounds like in an attempt to ghost ride the whip. Now, what kind of weapon are you brandishing there? My my wrist crossbow on my left hand, my non-dominant hand, and my rapier in my right. All right. Um, since I don't know anything about Tabi, um, Fran, have you ever skated? Uh, what foot do you skate? Ah, uh, shit. Okay. So if I'm facing to the right, that's, 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 that's... Foot is forward. Yeah, my left foot is forward. Okay, good. So uh, Tabi, uh, Tabi is ghostwriting this thing normal stance uh, with his uh, wrist crossbow uh, on his left hand uh, out forward. And uh, what weapon were you brandishing in your right again? My rapier. And, uh, and the rapier held at the ready in the right in a very heroic pose. We've got Basha just blasting things as quickly as, uh, as, quickly as his reload speed will allow with, uh, with heavy crossbow. I would say Hendrick would at least slide over to the driver's seat, loot in hand. He is trying to, you know, sit there in case he needs to hit the brake, in case he needs to, like, pull to the left, in case he needs to pull to the right, you know, to steer. Um, He recognizes that the vehicle is, you know, going forward on its own. He just wants to sit there, and that's where he'll perform from, the driver's seat. Fantastic. And uh, just audience, keep this image in mind with this nice twangy tune, because this is where I want us to ride off into a very temporary sunset for the week. And we are going to engage with some mayhem with an E next week on Heroes. So if you like us, and I don't know why you're you're liking us, but I'm not going to argue with it. But if you do like us, we can be found on the internet. We're in such places as Reddit slash r slash hapless heroes podcast. We're on Instagram and Twitter at hapless heroes. And uh, oh, geez, where else are we? Oh, the Book of Faces, where we are also uh, I will be found at hapless heroes podcast. Every single one of those will take you to the crown jewel of our internet presence, our Discord server, where you can meet and greet and talk to and avoid work with us on a day daily basis uh, as we do on discord um now if you really like us though you could leave us a five-star review on the podcast service of your choice we're on just about any mature podcasting platform at this point and if you're listening to us you already know how to find us but if you leave us a five-star review there we can read that review aloud and if you leave us really any star review we'll we'll read it out loud or we'll engage with it as long as it's not cool grossly offensive or something blitheringly like Q-level idiotic. You know, we're not going to read that stuff. But otherwise, we will read it and we can acknowledge you as the five-star human being that you are. If you really, really like us, though, you can donate to our Patreon, patreon.com slash heroes. We've got a few different reward levels. 
um, you know, from uh, from the basics, uh, you know, uh, we've got a nice little uh, patrons channel in our Discord that you could be invited to, and you know, you know, make nice uh, snooty pinky in the air posts and listen to uh, uh, one of those other things that gives you to uh, is access to our blooper uh, reel uh, material, which is where the real distilled comedy is. I mean, you know, you really laugh. That's where that's where it's going to happen. That's that's the real funny stuff. Yeah, and you know, I was made aware of, I guess, some, some legal challenges that Patreon's having with the. Uh, it was mostly like just some lawsuits they're facing based on other content creators that are on there. So for some reason, there's any issue with Patreon in the future because, like, you know, as, at the time of this recording, everything is still like we're still fine. Um, we will make an announcement in a future episode to direct you to wherever we move to if we have to do that. Uh, so right now, nothing's changing, but I just wanted to put that out there now, just in case by the time you hear this, something changes. And we'll be talking about that in Discord as well. So, John, do you have one? You said you were going to have a few sure. ready. Yeah, I, I didn't think of one, so I was quickly making up one because <laughs> I forgot about it. Um, and if you like us right now, you love us, Sally Fields and the whole deal. Um, go to Pluto while it's a planet. This only counts if Pluto is a planet when you get to Pluto. So it'll obviously take you a while to get to Pluto. So you just better count on Pluto being a planet by the time you get there. <laughs> when you get to stars. <laughs> when you get to Pluto, um, make the most gigantic ice sculpture in the known universe um, I'm talking like twice the size of Mount Rushmore with uh, all the characters Rushmore? <laughs> uh, bigger bigger <laughs> uh, uh, with all the characters of the Hapless Heroes podcast or at least your favorite one oh, like our faces on that that's great <laughs> <laughs> twice the size on Pluto Wow. That's if you really love us, though. If you really love us, travel an irrationally long distance to inflict our faces upon the universe. I mean, you probably have to, like, go and plan on, like, your children's children getting to Pluto to make this sculpture. We believe in you, though. Make it your life's purpose, nay, your family's life purpose, and all generations after. <laughs> that or you just create some, cra some crazy sublight engine. Like carry you forward, you know, that can accelerate to light speed. Make it happen. I mean, you know, like Pluto Explorer is a hell of a family profession. I mean, you know, back <laughs> hundred years ago, people were just cobblers. Yeah, no, it's, it's hell. Pluto you, ice sculpture. Hell, if you achieve this feat, not only will you have earned our love, you will have earned our respect, <laughs> or at least our children's children's respect. Yeah. No, ours. Sure. Ours. <laughs> it's a very posthumous sort of respect. But uh, before this <laughs> gets any weirder, because, I mean, it, it's going to do that. It's an intern's episode. These things happen. I'm going to just outro our cast. We're going to back away slowly, like Homer Simpson just absorbing back into the shrubs, uh, with, um, well, with Hedrick the Entertainer, played by Phil. All right, here we go. Off to his left, uh, we've got Basha, played by John. Reloading. And off to his left, we've got Tabi Ostermod, played by Francesco. Action pose. <laughs> and my name is Dave. I've been your host and uh, Dungeon Master for this evening. It's been so nice having you with us, and we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye now. Bye. 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 Goodbye. Goodbye. We'll see you.